This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. I hear a big knock on the window, and I kind of w- wake up, and I look up, and it's Dwight Yoakam in the window. Uh-uh. Knocking on the window. like So I like I literally wake up to Dwight Yoakam in that moment. <laughs> the, Did you know it was him immediately? No, I thought it was a trucker. Welcome to Fast Lane Family with Kelly Earnhardt Miller. Welcome to Fast Lane Family presented by Charlie Soap. Go check out their full line of products at charliesoap.com. I guarantee you will find exactly what you need to tackle every cleaning project that you have around your house. Once you find it online, you can purchase directly from their site or use the store locator to find a retailer near you. This week, I've asked the infamous Mike Davis to join me on my podcast. And Mike, I already know you have your own podcast. So thank you for joining me. You, you have your own podcast. I'm on a few. Yeah. So thanks for joining me. Um, I thought it would be cool. I, I actually had two reasons behind this. One, just to give you kudos and props for Dirty My Radio. Well, thank you. And the podcast. Um, they're super fun, and, and I think we're all enjoying it. Right? I'm enjoying mine. Oh, you man. enjoying yours? I'm enjoying yours more than <laughs> I'm enjoying mine. But, yeah, I, I love it. I, this has been so much fun. I, I think that uh, even the fan integration that we have here in the store has been uh, fun for me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, having people come here. And I think the studio just rocks. So It does. Um, it's cool. So, yeah, this has been great. And I'm, thank you for doing it. You know, well, you could have said no. I could have said no. But it's been fun. I've enjoyed it. Awesome. I've really enjoyed it. Secondly, just, you know, you know Dale so well. We're coming off the win at Martinsville. Uh, you're back in the saddle as the the handler or whatever. Well, I don't know. What you what do you call it? PR rep, We've never whatever. actually had a name <laughs> for that. You know, because you yeah, I have a lot gloves. of names for you. Oh, yeah. I've been called a lot of names. That's right. Uh, I don't know if it's anything I'd want on a business card. Right. So you're back in the saddle in the role of, of Dell's calendar and schedule and working with sponsors and figuring out his weekends and all that good stuff. But you've been uh, in that role with Dell since 2004. So I thought it would be yeah. fun to good. reminisce. Yeah. Go down let's, memory lane. Let's do it. We've got stories. You know what? And, and I actually forget a lot of the things. And then, like, I'll see somebody on TV uh, that we had met along the way. And it'll like I'm like, my gosh, why did I forget about this, you know? Um, and so there's stories that I have forgotten about that uh, maybe we can uh, maybe we'll dust them, you know, fire it back up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> knock the dust off of them. Well, coming off the win at Martinsville, obviously that was a I think that's a fan favorite race this year. Um, Dale's emotion, you know, afterwards uh, winning the clock and talking about the clock that was in the house that we grew up in with our dad and all that good stuff. Do you have a favorite race memory? From Martinsville or from Well, no, just in general. Yeah, just in general. With Dale? Well, you know what? We started off on a real high note because my first race with Dale Jr., he won the Daytona 500, which I've talked about um, on on our other podcast quite a bit. But um, I thought, you know, we had the world right where we wanted him. I mean, we're going to win every race. This is easy. I I was coming off of two years with Jimmy Spencer where, you know, if we we did a hat dance if we finished in the top 20. So it's like (laughs) – you know, so Junior wins the day, uh, the Daytona 500. That was obviously one that sticks out. As far as his performances go, you know, we were talking about this just uh, this week on Dirty Mo Radio that his race at Martinsville in 2006, where he came from 40th to fourth uh, after a, a lap two wreck, and then he got another wreck with Ryan Newman, and so he went back to the back, and then came back and finished in the top five. I mean, it wasn't a win. But that's when I really, like, I just remember that being, wow, that guy just did that in a car that was just, you know, it looked like a trash can at the end of it. And then, <laughs> uh, there was a race in 2005, the 2005 Daytona 500. We went there to, you know, as the defending champions, and he finished third in that race. But I'm going to tell you something. He made a move that just sticks in my memory coming off of turn two that I thought, 
Anybody else, if he tries it, they wreck the entire field. Dale Jr. pulled it off and took the lead. I, you know, and it was late in the race, and I was that's th- those moments stick out to me as like, man, what an incredible talent he is, yeah. and he doesn't get that credit a lot, and and I wish he would because I've seen him do things in a race car that I just don't see many people doing. Michigan when he went back and won, uh, that was that was awesome. I tell you, the Daytona uh, Nationwide Series race in the Wrangler car is that, yeah, I mean, that's oh one gosh, of our favorites. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, I mean, man, I was crying. <laughs> you were crying. Everybody was crying. So for me, I was actually not at that race. But you were crying. I was crying. No, I, but I was crying. crying. Yeah. I was crying. <laughs> I was actually up at Caraway in the back of a pickup truck watching LW Race Modified. That's right. And I had our SatGo TV in the back of the truck. And then all of a sudden, like, I'm paying more attention to the TV than I am the Modified Race. And we got a crowd of people, like, watching the TV, you know, and what was going on and stuff. So that one, that sticks out in my, my head, too. So you didn't get to meet my dad, but you, you got to watch my dad race. Oh, yeah. You got some good memories there. Well, I was at the race, uh, his last victory, which was in 2000 at Talladega. I was in the grandstands. I was in college. Me and a college buddy on a whim just to say, you know, we were going to college at Georgia Southern University, which I don't know how long a drive that was. It it was long because uh, that's near Savannah, Georgia. So oh, to gosh, get from yeah, Savannah, yeah. Georgia to Talladega. Really that, across the whole state. That's into, right. Yeah. Uh, so – but we made that drive after our football game uh, that Saturday, and we went there, and we slept in the car outside the speedway, and then, you know, went to the race. And I just remember that being – that was the most incredible thing I've seen in person, uh, how he won that race. Yeah, and, that was the 18th to first. I was telling this story to <laughs> however many people just a few weeks ago when we were at Talladega yeah. because I said, where we were sitting, we weren't up in one of the towers. We were sitting in the grandstands, and so – when the, when the field came off of turn two, the track sort of dips down behind whatever is blocking it. So, like, you can't see the whole track from where we were. We were too low. So, when they come off of two, you lose them until they kind of come out of the backstretch into three. When they went into two, Dale Sr. was in, like, fifth or sixth place. When they can't, when we picked him back up, he was he was leading. <laughs> that moment, like three quarters of a lap. When you lose him, and then all of a sudden that black car is the thing that pops out in the lead. Yeah. the place went nuts. I'm telling you, it was the most chaotic, crazy people. We were hugging strangers. I didn't know them, you know, whatever. <laughs> but it's like we were best friends. It was amazing race to yeah. witness in person. I told that same story the same weekend of of this past Talladega race because the kids we were watching in the living room, and you know my kids were anxious about whether Dale could win or not and then we they had the caution and we're further back in the pack and I said well look it is possible I've got a story to tell you about your papa Dale and and I told the same story so it didn't happen but it was it, it was, was a good story <laughs> it was a privilege to be there at that race and that's one of the things like obviously I I, I didn't get into the sport until 2002 yeah. uh, I was out of college and then and then didn't link up with you guys until 2004 so I feel like I knew your dad because I mean every day we have stories and yeah. we're talking about him it seems like in conversation you know that was the one moment getting to watch him race in person I saw, there were other races I went to in person but that one you know how could you beat that race interviews the interview that Dale did after Martinsville is pretty sweet and special you got a favorite one in your memory bank that Dale's done over the years favorite interview oh yeah Mike Wallace 60 minutes oh he, yeah oh. yeah the the CBS the story or the Mike Wallace interview the Mike Wallace yeah, interview yeah yeah um and because that just you know the doing doing the interviews cuz there were multiple interviews was just such an experience. I remember Mike Wallace coming to Daytona, and we had not met him yet. We had just been meeting with the production team, um, and we knew that we were setting up this 
interview, but we wanted Dale's meeting with Mike to be authentic for the for the show. I mean, you know, for 60 Minutes. And so I remember when they met, Dale wasn't in the best of moods. If we were at Daytona, it was early, he was already wore out. And we hadn't even really gotten a race car. And uh, so, you know, he wasn't in the best of moods, but then it had nothing to do with Mike Wallace. But anyways, we go meet Mike. After we were done meeting with Mike and interviewing with him, we were just like, oh, my gosh, that was awesome. <laughs> you know, he had such a presence, and he was so compelling and intriguing that Dale and I were just taken aback by, you know, how he, you know, ruled the room. That's what I was going to say. You know, held the say, room, right, carried, right. carried everything. You hung on every word. Yeah. And he was asking stuff that we would never have allowed in an interview, but we just, you know, what are you going <laughs> to say to Mike? You know, he's like, you know, who did you vote for? You know, and Junior's like, what does that have, what to, does do? that have to do with anything? He's like, you know, do you watch uh, CNN or Fox? You know, and, and so like, we're like, what does this have to do? You know what? Mike Wallace, he's asking, let him ask it. Yeah. And so what happened then is that we also had scheduled an interview middle of the year to kind of as a follow up. Well, since that happened or in between those times, Dale Jr. was in that accident where he got burned yeah. in the Corvette. And so that all of a sudden becomes a big part of the story so things while that was an unfortunate incident that was one of the things that really made mike wallace's interview with dale you know that much better right because that's where dale says you know i felt like i got pulled out of the car yeah you know all, all these things and you know i'm like wow how, you know mike wallace pulled that out of him how did he get him to say that I, like, right. you know dale never said that to me didn't say maybe he said it to you right but did he say that to you had he had he ever told you that no, I don't think so. I think I read that too. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, you've been at every single possible type of interview, all the things that he did on late night, all the things out in California, everything. I yeah. mean, the Playboy shoot, every everything that's like going through my mind that was happening back then, you know, you've really experienced a lot. Some and I wish I I wish I did a better job of documenting that just for my own memory because i forget yeah a lot of all the stuff all the cool stuff we did i mean dale and i were talking about that the other day we were like you remember that new orleans trip that we took you know and we didn't actually plan on staying there it was a budweiser appearance or budweiser convention we were going to go do our two-hour appearance and leave but then brandon bernstein talked us into staying i so, remember that so this was right when i started working for junior motorsports in yeah. 2007 and so i had a company credit card that had never been used well we needed to go shopping real quick. So we did a 10-minute shopping spree at like a Saks Fifth Avenue. We went in, looked at set, so, you know, clothes, said, yep, that looks like it. We didn't even try it on. Bought it with my company credit card. And so the first actual use of the company credit card, I got it shut down. And I remember the accountant having to call me saying, you know, something's gone wrong. You, you know, somebody's stolen your card and y'all went and spent, yeah. you know, a lot of money on clothes, which I know you and Dale didn't do. And we're like, actually, we did. <laughs> Idea. Yeah, that happened once. I remember um, he was in Vegas and the credit card company called and they're like, you know, we've got some some charges that they were in this state, you know, one day and now in Vegas and he's it's at the Rolex was say, store. Was it the jerky store? No, it's at the <laughs> Rolex store, which I fell out because Dale doesn't like jewelry. And so I thought, right. well, yeah, surely he hasn't spent no money at the Rolex store. He would never buy that. And so I call and I'm like, hey, you know, the bank's calling about your card. And he's like, oh, yeah, I bought this really cool watch. And I'm like, what? You bought a watch? 
Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> that that I would love to see, you know, what I, I can imagine the accountants' faces when they see a credit card yeah. uh you know, statement uh from Dell Junior when it's like, you know, five hundred dollars of beef jerky yeah. or, you know, the treehouse <laughs> exactly. R us, you know, or something like that. Exactly. Sarah, she uh she's gotten used to it now, our accountant, but she still questions and asks everything. I bet you even like <laughs> I mean you see all that stuff. I mean, do you even go that what is he thinking? I've asked him what he's thinking yeah. sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Did you have you ever said that purchase was questionable? I probably do that more now than I used to. Yeah. Because I don't know. I don't know. It's something about you getting older that you just depreciate things differently and look at things differently. So I bring things up now and I'm like, really? You know, do it, you know, was that necessary? But I should state for the record though, he actually doesn't spend money no, hardly he, no, ever. No, 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 I mean, no, no. he's he's the brokest rich guy I've ever been around. <laughs> Because we'll hit a Taco Bell drive-thru. Yeah. And, and he I'm, never has and, any money. And he doesn't have money. No. And, I, and so I'm sitting here buying his burrito. And I'm like, what's wrong with this picture? Yeah. That that happens. Yep. Something just happened yesterday where I was um, doing something that was that really he should have been paying for. And I was writing it out of my checkbook. And it was like $37. And I thought, why am I writing this out of my <laughs> checkbook? Because Dale should really pay for this. But I just didn't want to go through the hassle of like turning in the receipt and, you know, Getting all the back end done for thirty seven dollars. That's right. That's right. Like, thirty seven bucks. But that's probably it. happened a lot. So he probably owes me thousands and thousands of dollars that because between lunches and stuff like that that he doesn't ever have cash for. Or he could be very smart and being like, Look, I know that I don't have to pay for things if I just be that guy that doesn't ever carry a wallet. Well, I got really smart and so now I carry one of his credit cards. <laughs> I don't well, That's it funny. <laughs> You have to because they'll be like, go get me this. So you're like, well, I'm not spending my what, money on that. What's your favorite interview? Do you have one? Oh, gosh. I think just because I'm the sister, I, I like I just hang on all of them pretty much, you know, because I really know and appreciate the heart that's usually behind everything that he says. Yeah. And um, I liked the uh, CBS My Story oh. thing. I thought that piece was phenomenal. You cried. Yeah. Yeah, I cried. I think I even did too. Um, <laughs> Me, I, if Kelly cries, I cry. I guess yeah. That's, yeah, we're we're on the same boat. Yeah. You know what was good. another good one that I just thought about? Do you remember the interview that he did with Mr. Hendrick for that uh, documentary that yes. Roy Clark did? Yes. Good yes. stuff. Yeah. I'm yeah. trying to think what was it. It was about NASCAR families. I'll tell you one that I really one interview I didn't like doing, and we had to do this interview together. This is going to sound bad, and I don't mean this bad at all, but it was for the Dale movie. Mm-hmm. That CMT uh, oh, yeah. did, you know, yeah. that was when he, sh- he, he looked like he just yes. rolled out of bed. Oh yeah, and yeah. We, so we're doing that interview, and <laughs> he comes in in Redskins sweatpants yes. and a Redskins t-shirt. Not you know, and I'm like it's not um, football day. Right. Okay? It's not Sunday football day. <laughs> and he was just like all slouched on the couch, and yep. you know, he's like looking at you like you're stupid, like every time you talk, and it was so uncomfortable. Yeah. I just was watching that movie not too long ago, and I thought about that, and the interview come across fine, but you know, he was just like we were telling childhood stories, and he was like, like I would say something, and he would correct me, and he'd be like, Yeah, well, I don't remember that. I remember, it. and I'm like, really. <laughs> This is really uncomfortable. But I think he really, you know, the timing of that, what was that, 2004, 5? It was, I think it was 4. 3 or 4. Did we not go to the premiere of that movie the night of, or earlier, the the earlier before the 30th birthday party? Is that right? Remember, we had his 30th birthday party at that place in Uptown Charlotte. Yeah, that wasn't the 30th. We had his 30th birthday party at uh, the Double Door. See, here I am correcting you. 
oh, in Cornelius. What but was that Nance? was a thirty something birthday. It was like thirty two or oh, something. Okay. It was thirty one. Thirty one. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. yeah, I remember being there. You're right. You're right. So thirty one so would have been nine years ago. Uh what year is it? Fourteen. So it'd be two thousand five. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So so yeah, so that, that was a rough interview. Yeah, back. <laughs> that w- it's awkward to watch sometimes. <laughs> it That's a good point. I forgot well, about I that. remember lots of those interviews that he uh, came to that we were like, oh, gosh, how's this going to go? Yeah. Let's see how this goes. That's funny. <laughs> now I'm going to go watch the Dale movie just yeah. so I can relive that moment. One of my favorite interviews that I was involved in was the was the Chevrolet interview when he gave me my Tahoe. That was pretty fun. Oh, the payback. Yeah, did you my, work for my us, pay- uh, Yeah, 2007. I worked six. for Budweiser's right, but yeah, deal, but so yeah. not here. Yeah. No, I remember that. That yeah, was good. That was pretty cool. So, talking about all these fun things that you do, coolest celebrity that you've met along the way with Dale? Oh, wow. So, yeah. Let me think about this. Um, coolest celebrity. And you, know, you met a ton. We've met a ton. I mean, tons. And tons. I have forgotten more than I can remember. I remember the one the, the one funny one that I do remember is we were at Chicago. This was on race day, and I got to the track really early, and... This was several hours before Dale Jr. even needed to be up. I hadn't even gone and see. So I was basically, I parked my car right in front of Dale's bus, and I was sitting there with Mike Watkins, and I just leaned the old driver's seat back, and I'm just kind of sleeping. And so I hear a big knock on the window, and I kind of wake up, and I look up, and it's Dwight Yoakam in the window. Uh Uh-uh. Knocking on the window. like So I I literally wake up to Dwight Yoakam in that moment, (laughs) who's wearing like this old trucker hat. I mean, you know, looking pretty rough. Looking like Dale did in that interview, kind of, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, did you know it was him immediately? No, I thought it was a trucker, you know, <laughs> or somebody. That, I thought it was a fan that just wanted it, and so uh, I did not know it was Dwight Yoakam immediately. But he was wondering, like, "Hey, is Dale up?" And I said, "Are you no. kidding and, me?" And, and not only is Dale not up, but I wasn't <laughs> up. But uh, yeah, so there was that. Let's see who else. You know, I remember you know at Michigan Kid Rock coming over and borrowing a pack of hot dogs, or like literally asking Dale, "Hey, you got a pack of hot dogs on your bus?" <laughs> And Dale's like, sure, man, I guess, yeah. <laughs> this was back when we were eating hot dogs, right. you know, at the track. And so he gave him his pack of hot dogs, and he walked off. He's like, thanks. And so I said, that was unusual. That was, uh, you know, two minutes of That's funny. something I didn't predict. But uh, who else? You know, we've had a couple of celebrities come through here at Junior Motorsports. Yeah. You know, you ladies all uh, yeah. got worked up Patrick over McDreamy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kicked McDreamy out of the garage not knowing it was McDreamy. <laughs> Isn't it weird though? You don't recognize these no, people off of no, television. No, you I don't. Mean, it's but, true. And, and, and he was. We were at Daytona, and he was uh, in the Rolex Series race, and he just walked up during practice and tried to get with Dale during the middle of a conversation with the crew chief. And so I said, "Sir, no, out of here, get out of here." And Junior's <laughs> like, "That was McDreamy, man. You got to go get him back." He listened to you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he didn't even, like bow up and say, "Hey, don't you know who I am?" <laughs> no. Well. I, yeah, I don't think he actually left, though. I think, yeah, he just you know, hung around. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. All right, so who's the celebrity that you remember? That Patrick um, Dempsey coming here was really cool because he, he came here knowing that Dale Jr. was not here. He drove yeah. over here from Charlotte Motor Speedway to meet me and to say hello to me and to see Junior Motorsports knowing that Dale Jr. wasn't here. Like, That's he wanted right. to come say hello to Dale. I actually wasn't like, Dale's here not day. here. Yeah. You don't have to come if you don't want to. Oh, no, we're coming over. Did he just like, wanted, And he wanted to see the shop, I guess. Yeah, he just wanted to. I remember out. we went to the CMAs, and uh, there was that opportunity for you to meet, uh, who is it that you melted Reba. down? Reba. Yeah, Reba. Mm, yes. Did that happen? 
I met Reba at a concert, and I, I acted just like you, you somebody meeting Dale Jr. or Dale, that I always say to those people, look, this is your this is the one minute or the 30 seconds that you have to talk to them. You better get it together. And then I acted like that person right in front of Reba. I cried. Yeah, see, I, I cried. So this wasn't that night. You had not no, met I didn't, Reba yet. No, I didn't get to meet her at the CMAs. And I remember that being a big deal because you were, I think you started going into that mode yeah. just at the yeah. thought of meeting her. Yeah, we were on I the would. red carpet just being near her. You were... Yeah. You were getting emotional. Yeah, it. I would. That that would be me. Why is that, that though? Way. Why Reba? I don't know. Yeah. I've just always liked Reba ever since I was in college. Been to every concert under the sun of hers. I don't know. She's just endearing. Yeah. Normal, down to earth. That's the thing. Country and girl. Dale and I were talking about this on the way to driver intros, uh, wherever we were last. And because somebody came up to him and like ran into him trying to get an autograph and was very rude. Because they were overly emotional. They were yeah. not trying to be rude, but Junior was like, could you back up just a little bit? We're trying to walk. It was very crowded. He still signed, and, and, and then we were walking. He goes, would you ever – like, is there anybody on this earth that you would act like that in front of? Because that, that's <laughs> – I, I just don't think there is. This is Dale talking. And I said, no, but I said, there's – everybody's got that one person that they just would geek out about. And I've thought about you and Reba. Yeah, that's me. And I said, you know Did the Dale one – Did Dale say he had one? Probably not. Tom Hanks, maybe. Tom Hanks. Yeah. No, that's that's exactly what he said. Yeah. And you know who I said? Hank Parker Sr. Really? That Like, I used to watch his fishing show when I was a kid. And so, when I got into sport in 2002, Hank Jr. was running a car, so I had to see Hank Sr. And I'm like, you just melted. oh, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> Hank Sr. I know. I can't believe Tom Hanks never says anything to Dale on Twitter. He's got to know, like, people tag him all the time and say stuff, and it's like... That is surprising. I've never thought about would, that. I yeah. just think that he would reach out in some manner. I mean, Dale right. like, has like talked about Tom Hanks forever and a day. Yeah. I mean, ever for since years. Wilson. <laughs> for years, right. We carried a volleyball in the car, <laughs> right. But Tom Hanks probably thinks that's weird that someone would act that way over him. <laughs> right. <laughs> Could this fan He's get like, a this grip? weirdo. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's carried this <laughs> volleyball in his race car. <laughs> Strange guy. All right, let's see. What else we got here? We got lots. I don't know. Did you talk about most mad? Kind of, sort of. Most mad I've been at Dale Jr.? Oh, I got a good one for that. Oh. Go ahead and tell your most mad story. My most mad at Dale would not be even on the level of your your most mad. My most mad at Dale was in uh, during a race. I know, right? Like, why would I be mad at him during a race? Well, the reason is because he chewed me out on the radio during a race at Texas. He was having a bad race. He had a stomach ache. He says during a caution, he says, hey, uh, Mike Davis, go to this such-and-such hauler. Uh, whoever was the, sp- the Prilosec sponsor. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it was Jeff RCR, Burton. Yeah, RCR. Yeah, uh, the 31. And, you know, go get some Prilosec, and then we need, the team will give it to me under caution. So I go. Of course, I, I couldn't get in. The, I, I, I went all over the track looking for Prilosec, you know, during the race. And I, I get some. And we bring it back, and then I give it to Jay Guarneri, who at the time was the you know the interior guy on the number eight Budweiser car, and you know my job here is done. Well, Jay rigs this bottle up to, to where he can take it under caution. Whatever he did, it didn't work. Like the the Prilosec stuck to the bottom of the bottle, so Dale Jr. basically drank all this water, but the, the Prilosec <laughs> stayed at the at the at the you know bottom of the bottle, and so. He got so mad about it because I guess he was, you know, he's racing with a bad stomach ache. And he's, you know, Mike Davis, you have one job, one job. All you're going to do is sit there and watch me race all day. And you get one job and you screw it up, you know, stuff. Oh, I was so mad. And he was running really bad at the time, which obviously contributed to that. Well, he comes back and finishes in the top five. 
and he's all happy now. And I guess the stomachache has gone away at this point. He gets out, and he's, you know, happy, and he comes over, and he's wanting to give me a high five. And you're pissed. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, 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 this is not how this works, no. And he's like, what are you mad about? Like, he completely had forgotten or didn't even know. Ago, right. right, and and that's understandable, to be honest with you, because, you know, his head wasn't in, you know, Mike Davis's feelings yeah. at the time. Yeah, But I wasn't giving him a high five either. Yeah, we got, I got mad about that. And then, Most maddest you've been at me? At you? Oh. Amanda's laughing. Uh, <laughs> have I been mad at you? No, this is a good question. Have you been mad at me? You were just mad at me a couple months ago. Was I? Yes. See, I don't even remember what this I was I saved about. the email. I put it in my keep I, wait, for a I while. Would, why, would I, why would I have I written you an Amanda, email? Amanda, can you believe he can't remember? Do you know what this is about? 360, I remember, come on. I remember one. What? From a few months ago. It's 360 because it I told you that you were, um, I think it was 360. Oh. Yeah, because oh. I told you you were procrastinating. Yes. And oh, I'm my like, God. Procrastinating. Oh, my That's God. Right. Well, That's I right. am glad to know that you really weren't that mad at me because oh, you're, you're not mad. Well, I would have forgotten about it like yeah. probably after I hit send, which yeah. is probably a bad idea. Do not tell Mike Davis that he procrastinates. I was like, <laughs> you can call me all kinds of things, but I'm procrastinating? <laughs> I believe there was a Twitter apology <laughs> even involved in that. What? Yeah, she Twitter apologized to me. Yeah, you see, were mad, but see, I don't okay, think I was that mad. Well, here's the thing: you must have not been that mad at me, but you were taking it out on me and mad for something that, else. So the mad for something else probably sticks probably in your mind, <laughs> right? It probably had more to do with your brother. Probably could have been. Yeah, <laughs> who knows? Have you ever been mad at me? Don't answer. Don't answer. <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, stop. Have I? Oh, I'm sure. You of remember course. if I'm mad at you? Well, I, I mean, I haven't even put thought to it, but I bet it doesn't take me long. Let's see here. Man. I don't really get mad with people in terms of, like, holding a grudge mad. I just get so mad over stupidity, ignorance. Well, well, then you should be mad at me every day usually then. I mean, right? no. No. Yeah, I, I understand no. what you're saying, though. You get mad at just dumb just, things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when I came and worked here, everybody was talking about how when you have – you know, your moments when you're mad, like everybody in the world knows it. Like, like As in me you, or just in general? You. Just me. And as a matter of fact, I, I will almost say this verbatim from Steve. Uh, Steve Crisp said this early. Like, I just started here, and he was saying, they caught her dad the intimidator? Don't make Sissy mad. Let me tell you something. <laughs> he wasn't the most intimidating one of that family. That that was his words. That's funny because we were talking, I think, last week about Jeff Dickerson, and he's and I've never had to deal with him from a business perspective. And he's like, man, I'm so scared to talk to you. You intimidate. And I'm like, why? I've never even had to deal with you. Yeah, like, because, you know, I was scared when I first met you. And I know you don't even remember this, but I first met you because I just started working for Jade Gers, and it was the January of 2004. So I'd not even met Dale Jr. yet. As a matter of fact, this was the day we were supposed to meet. Dale didn't show up. <laughs> I imagine that. <laughs> so all I know is that we've got all this. So you had to meet me, and I was having to tell you the story about why you couldn't meet Dale or you, something? <laughs> well, you know, it was you and JR, and office. we were over at the office of Chance, too. Gosh, if that's yeah. what y'all called at that at then. Yeah, at DEI. No, we were Junior Motorsports, but. Oh, so Junior yeah. Motorsports actually was at DEI? Yeah. Like, that was because it was started in 99, and then that's where, when I went to work there in 2001, that's where our office was located. Oh, and yeah, we that moved the out office. of there in 2007. To, to the property? Yeah. And then from the property over to Iredale. A lot of stuff going on around Jane. Junior Motorsports got a history. I know. I drive by that place every day. It, it's sad. It is. Yeah, on Highway 3. That made me think of a funny story. What, about being sad? <laughs> no, not really about being sad. When our offices were there, Dale lived across the street. Right. And it's gated. Right. And he bought a 
like utility building that was like 16 foot long by about 10 feet wide or something and it wouldn't fit through the gate when they brought it on this truck to deliver and it was about 3:30 on a friday afternoon and i remember this like it was yesterday he was in dover racing and Delon Hart Incorporated security department sees this big building sitting there at this gate and they're like, you know, what are they doing over there again? And our guys started taking down the fence that was next to the gate so that they could drive this building through the fence. Well, security got on there and Teresa was down at her house and she heard security talking about it and she blows a gasket and she's like, why are those kids taking down our fence, my fence? And because she owned this property that Dell <laughs> lived in. So her little property manager person comes over and they're like, you know, what are you guys doing? And I'm like, we're just taking down this little section of fence so we can get this building in. Delders order this building. And, you know, well, Teresa says y'all can't take down this fence. And I said, well, I'm sorry, but Dell Jr. said for us to take down this fence and get this building in here. And they're like, well, I don't know what to tell you. And I'm like, well, I know what to tell you. I get my paycheck from Dell Jr. And this fence is coming down. And then we can deal with this later. But this building's coming in here because I didn't want to get yelled at for this building not coming in there. So we took this fence down. And like, and, we and had now I know why Junior Motorsports moved over to right. the property. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It was not a pretty sight. So. Wow. Yeah. So you got the building in. We got the building in. Yep. Wow. We also moved the building out when we moved. <laughs> <laughs> we took the building with us. Guess what? We took the fence back down. Yeah, I was get the say, building you had, back you out. had to get it out. Yeah. <laughs> so, 360 is going well. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of people like it. Yeah. There was a time when I was pretty mad. You were, you've been probably mad several times about the Jam 360. In, in, in fairness, I will say this. There are times I learned after one incident that if I'm ever wondering if it's going to make you mad, I'm probably better off just asking you before we actually go live right. with it. And and I didn't this time. I guess we played a prank on uh, our, our travel liaison, Stephen Steffen, and it got out of control. And I'm trying to think back to the whole story because it's been a couple years ago. But uh, NASCAR called you, I guess, yes. didn't they? They yes. called you because um, we we were playing a travel prank on them. And then the Canadian border, well, they weren't amused. You know, they, they, we were you know making them seem like that uh, our trucks didn't pass the border into the race. I wasn't uh, amused. And I don't even know who called you from NASCAR, to be honest with you, but I remember you coming into my office, and that was the Kelly that Steve Crispa <laughs> told me about. <laughs> uh, but, the, but yeah, you were not happy. The funny part about that is is that Dale came into my office not long after that, and he was, hey, let's go to lunch. And I'm like, not now, not the time. And he's like, wow, what's wrong? And I'm like, you know what's wrong. And he's like, I don't know what's wrong. What's going on? And I'm like, Kelly probably sent you in here, and he goes, I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, okay, so NASCAR's mad at us because of a 360. And he probably started laughing. And not only did he start laughing, he wanted to take us to lunch, and he took us right to where you were eating. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yes, yeah. And And I walk into the restaurant, and there you are, and you see yeah. us, and you were like, no, get him <laughs> out of here. Get him out. But were you really <sighs> mad, or were you just embarrassed? I guess, no, you would have been mad. Because I was NASCAR, mad, yeah. Because you didn't, yeah. uh, you would have been mad because you had not been given a heads up. Yeah, because I thought y'all would have thought, that goes back to that ignorance and stupidity. That was thing. ignorant, yeah. <laughs> I would have thought y'all would have thought of that. But what's you know? funny about that? But y'all didn't think that Canada would call NASCAR. <laughs> I, no, I didn't. In fact, I didn't know that they did until right. you came in. Right. But the thing is, is that after I realized that you were mad, but I was still going to keep my job, 
I immediately started thinking, all right, I've got to figure out what our 360 episode is. <laughs> I want Kelly to be involved where she's sitting there right. yelling at us. And so uh, – well, I never was so mad that I thought that you wouldn't keep your job. So. Well, Just you if you need a, you if you need a boundary that. and a barrier yeah. of how far to go, so you, there you, you go. didn't communicate that assurance to us. <laughs> At the time. No. <laughs> All right. You got a story about the first conversation that you ever had with Dale, going along these lines of the first time you met Dale? Um, yeah. Well, considering he didn't show up for the meeting, <laughs> I didn't actually meet him. I was already working. Well, wait a minute. You didn't even finish the story about why I intimidated you the first time. Oh, what yeah, that's right. That's right. You didn't do anything. That's my oh, point. Okay. I, I, all I heard were stories. <laughs> you know, I'd read about you. So you didn't think I was nice? Like, I just had a Well, of course. Yeah, you were an angel compared to what I had envisioned. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, well, um, and by being an angel, I mean, you just didn't bite anybody's head off. Okay. And, you know, I think you even had a piece of pizza, and it was great. Like, I mean, she's normal. You know, JR was with us. Yeah. So, um and okay. we got nothing. Like I think we were just trying to go through juniors January or you know upcoming calendar yeah, like or something. Getting, getting prepared for the year. But yeah, so because that that was a couple of weeks before speed weeks, and then um, you know we went down to Daytona, and then we had Daytona Media Day. That was the day I met Dale. I don't remember. So you met him in Daytona on Media Day. Just the same time. way I met yeah. Jimmy. Yeah. I've never, I had never any driver I've ever worked for like directly. I never met them until I got to the racetrack. Which how odd is that? We right. wouldn't let that fly these days. You want to know? I, I I'll tell you one thing. One of my most proudest moments, like one of the things that um, I was thinking about this earlier, and we don't ever, you know, this sort of just fell off our radars, but, you know, with junior motorsports, uh, like right now, I think junior motorsports can compete with anybody when it comes to personnel and, you know, the things we do out of this building. I mean, I just, yep. I think highly of this company. But, of course, we weren't always like that. When Dale Jr. hired me in 2007, I think the writing was pretty much on the wall that he was going to be making a move. You know what I'm saying? I, I think you and him had pretty much realized that the DEI things, that was coming well, to an end. Out, right. Yeah. And so basically what we had to do was, you know, you and I being that we you know make this transition smooth. Well, one of the things we did out of this building was we turned our shop into a media center. I just looked at those pictures the other day. Yeah. And I, I had an old crap moment. Like, oh, crap, I cannot believe. First off, I can't believe we did that and pulled that off here. But second of all, I can't believe Hendrick let us do it here. Like, I'm thinking to myself, why didn't we have this at Hendrick Motorsports? Well, you know? but, but, but you got to like, think even before that, though, just the announcement that yeah. he's leaving DEI, which had, here, right. which had nothing to do right. with Hendrick. Right. Um, and that was, you think about, oh, well, big deal. You held a press conference. That was oh carried gosh. live on national television on yeah. two different networks. That was such and a crazy honestly, year. I don't remember anything else in NASCAR, period. It's certainly since I've been around that has carried live press conferences on on adjacent networks. Like yeah. it was on Speed Channel, it was on ESPN, it was on ESPN News. Yep. And we were put into the it was you and me, yeah. basically. Because yeah. we couldn't tell anybody. I know. We had to basically, knowing that the, the magnitude of this announcement, that Dale was actually going to be leaving DEI, there was going to be a lot of attention. There was going to be a lot of misreporting. And there was um, the week before at Dover that, you know, there were a couple people, I won't even bring them up, uh, but they were talking about, you know, Dale Jr. reporting they're going to Joe Gibbs Racing. Actually, I'm getting my press conferences mixed up. That was on where he was going to yeah, go. Yeah, that was, yeah, but but, but I remember Max Siegel being, uh, you know, being over here uh, from yeah. DEI. And there was just... A lot of emotion, and we did not know how the world was going to take that news that he was going to leave DEI. Yeah. Like, we honestly were expecting maybe a Springer episode of, you know, yeah, like just right. chairs and people throwing stuff. And, um, you know, we, we brought in media. I, we had this place packed out 
We had, you know, TV trucks up the road. You know, it was it was amazing. It was and it amazing. was on everything. It was on CNN. It was on everything. Just leaving. And then a couple months later, we did it all over again. Now we're announcing where he's going. Yeah. And that was a, another whole big ordeal. Uh, but but that one at least we did in partnership with Hendrick. I'm thinking that we only had like a three-week transition between the – didn't we do the leaving DEI like in May or June? I don't remember. It, Something like that. I don't remember. Like we did leaving DEI, then we went driving for Mr. Hendrick. We did that here. I remember. And then we did the due announcement in Texas in August. Well, yeah, the due announcement. You know. But, but – um, I don't know. The, it was, the, that was, the we funny were going thing about, every which way. Right. But the first one, though, nobody knew except no, you and right, I. And right, I remember right. getting pulled off of an airplane that I think you pulled me off of and said, okay, so this is about to happen. Um, and uh, we were going to a race, and, and, and we got pulled off. Uh, and I remember that day, actually, the day he announced that he was leaving DEI. Remember, we had to go over to DEI and tell the entire company first. Yeah. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Do you remember how nervous he was? Yeah. And uh, you and I and uh, I and probably cried. Dale, uh, well, I know that he was not. Uh, it's not that he didn't want to stand in front of the company, but he knew that there were some people over there that were likely going to make a scene. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and they didn't, but he was anticipating it. You know, to be a, a you know. Yeah, I remember that. That was crazy. That was all coming off of uh, 2007. So that was 2007. That is when in January I got sick. With my pancreas. Oh, wow. See, I, was, I didn't know that was that year. Yeah. So, Tony Jr. and I were actually coming back from a visit with one of the teams. And I, like, doubled over after I dropped him off and was like, I'm driving myself to the hospital. And I went to the ER. And I was in the hospital for, like, a week. Then I came out. About four weeks later, I had another episode. And I ended up, Mr. Hendrick ended up actually recommending me to a, a surgeon in Charlotte. I had this surgery in March. It was over the Bristol weekend because I remember a lot of stories being written about it. Wow, it's all coming back to me now. And I was in the hospital. I remember I was interviewing Joe Mattis for his job. He came to see me in the hospital. And all the while, we're negotiating (laughs) Dale's contract and figuring out where he's going to drive. So you did a job interview from the the hospital? hospital. Yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah. It's crazy. And then to have that press conference go down. The press conference. in May. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. But I, I June, guess May. I, I'm not doing a good job of, of expressing how big of a deal that was, was here and that how we were on an island and honestly did not know how this was going to go. Yeah. You know, and Dale, I remember, you know, having to write kind of his statement uh, and I'm like thinking to myself, I have no clue what I'm about to do. I mean, I, I'm in over my head here. You know what's odd though is do you think that in today's world that would be more nerve wracking to pull off than it was then? Oh, no. I think I could. You think you could do, do it in my easy sleep now? now. Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I feel like I feel like we had a lot of worries, but I felt like we were really confident in the path. And I don't. I mean, I remember there just being a lot to it and us knowing, but I don't know. I don't know that we. I don't know that I thought about the ramifications of what everybody else is going to think. Well, uh, you may, may not may, have, may, and but you had. You but did it was my job. I mean, I mean right. yeah. From right. my vantage right. point, that's something that I worry about every day. To right. be honest with you, everything right. we do. Right. And in this case, you know. I felt for sure you guys were doing the right thing, I, you know, but I was privy to information that not everybody else was, so I didn't know how people were going to take it. And right. so I remember we even tried this. I said to Dale, I said, I think it would be a good idea that before we go and announce this stuff, we pull in, you know, like 10 of the NASCAR beat reporters, the ones we trust, like the ones that we know have influence, and we, yeah. and we, and we pull them in, and we pulled them up to your office, which at the time was his, but yeah, he didn't use right. it, and say, this is what I'm about to announce. I want you guys to hear it from me before I go out there and announce it to the world. 
and I want y'all to know that this is why I'm doing it. And and he did it. And this all is so outside of his comfort zone. Like this is not what he, you know, you know, wanted yeah, to be too doing. Too bad but we don't have all of that on video and stuff. You know, just all the pre. That's right. Getting ready for it. But anyway, I got a, a a breaking story, breaking news story. Literally breaking or literally just like, breaking. All right. Yeah, Carson. I just I see my Kennedy running around in Carson from school. Guess what Carson's doing tomorrow. What is Carson doing? Do we need to get her a mic? Carson is. Did, you want to tell Carson? him what you're doing tomorrow, Carson? Um. Well, I'm just I'm testing a late model <gasps> for Junior Motorsports. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> the Are you scream. serious? Uh huh. Mama's nervous. Everybody on my Twitter guessed it. Are you nervous? Nah. Like I was nervous about the shifting and all that at first, but like L Dub took me in Mom's Camaro and taught me how to shift. So like I'm all good with that, and it's only got four gears, and I like I did it and all this. And yeah, wait till you actually get in the race car though; it's gonna be harder. I'll be, I'll be fine. I know you'll be fine, but yeah, I'm sure you're gonna stall it's it out of time. Or Uncle two. Junior said he, that he thinks I'm gonna crash it. Well, that's oh. good confidence. That's what he told us. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "Hey, I think she's gonna crash." I was like, "Oh, okay, thanks." All right, you'll do good. You It'll be exciting. Her dad, um, Jimmy, and LW are going to go with her, and uh, she's not going to have a crowd. Mama can't go. Mama's taking the nine-year-old to the American Girl. Oh, yeah, it's her birthday tomorrow. Tomorrow. Happy birthday, Kenkin. Happy Kennedy's birthday, Kenkin. Yep. Look at you, Kenny. Hey, you're not going to uh, – do you think she's going to crash? No, Kennedy's got <laughs> it. No, got of course here. not. Good. All right, Amanda, we get this question a lot about why you should not use fabric softeners with your Charlie Soap laundry detergent. Yes, we do. Mike, do you know why you shouldn't use fabric softeners? <laughs> I've got no with idea. With Charlie Soap? No. I, I don't hardly ever use fabric softeners ever. Anyway, so. that's because you hunt and you don't like all that stuff on your clothes right, and all that. Right, I know that about you. Well, and so that's part of the reason why. Fabric softeners are used to cover up the residues that normal detergents leave. So, Charlie Soap doesn't leave residue. Therefore, oh. you don't need don't need fabric, fabric softener. softener. So, Charlie Soap cleans all the way down to the fibers, doesn't leave a residue, and your clothes feel naturally soft when using Charlie Soap. Then you can get a big deer. Yep. <laughs> then you can get a big deer. It is deer season. So if you're interested in the product, charliesoap.com has an online store to purchase directly from their website, or you can use their store locator and find a retailer near you. Well, let's wrap up this week's episode of Fast Lane Family. Thanks, Mike, for being here. You're welcome. Hope everybody enjoyed the stories. Uh, first, I've got final thoughts with Mike. Sweet or salty? Sweet. Don't I look it? Beach or mountains? Uh, mountains. Cook or eat out? Eat out. <laughs> Football or racing? Football. I didn't say Alabama football. <laughs> I mean, well, I love football. I know you do. Sports car or truck? Sports car or truck? Truck, absolutely. Truck. truck. Yeah. Hunting or fishing? Hunting. Me or Dale Jr.? You. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Hope you'll listen uh, up next week. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo Radio. Thank you, everyone, for checking out this week's edition of Fast Lane Family presented by Charlie Soap. You've heard us preach all year long about Charlie Soap's wonderful line of products. But if you haven't, please go to their website, charliesoap.com, and make a purchase. Trust us, we won't steer you wrong.